0: friends and family of Marso Bible Church, the Lord be with you. My name is Troy Hatfield, and I have the pleasure to serve our church as one of our associate pastors.
1: And my name is Ashley Island, and I also have the pleasure of serving as one of our associate pastors here. And before we go any further, we want to invite you to engage wherever you are as freely as possible. We know some of you are joining us for the very first time, and to you we say welcome. And whether you're alone in your home or watching with friends and family, we know there might be other distractions or needs that you are attending to, and so engage and lean in with us as uh, makes sense for you and your family, but know that we are with you in spirit and are so looking forward to journeying this Christmas Eve together. Yeah.
0: I'll be honest. One of the phrases that I hope I use very sparingly over my remaining days on earth is this phrase. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And yet, I'm going to use it again right now. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Ashley and I alone in an empty room teaching for Christmas Eve. Um, So we are desperate to be together again in a fully realized physical way. Uh, But I want to say that we are so grateful for the number of people who have made a contribution to this service tonight. You're going to see a wide range of faces and people who have invested time and energy and care into helping to create and lead a service for us. And so in that way, I'm so filled with gratitude mm. and excited about what we get to do together. And so, as we already said, engage as you can, enter deeply with us, and come let us adore him.
2: One more not she pop up? What is your Favorite part of the Christmas story?
3: I don't know. I, I really like his imaginations of like what things could be like. One quick question. When you say Christmas story, do you
0: mean the movie or the Bible story? Oh,
2: that's really, that's a good clarifying question. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, it, the Bible story.
0: That's right? what I thought.
3: Joseph.
2: That's Joseph. Who's Joseph?
0: <laughs> He's Mary's friend true.
3: They're good friends. Mary rode on a donkey. I think that's a little silly. <laughs> um, and then I think that
2: might be my favorite part of the story. Why, is Baby him?
4: Jesus. Baby Jesus is your favorite part? Yeah.
2: And the baby
0: animals.
3: The baby animals? All of it
0: would be kind of cool
3: to like be in that
0: barn and just sharing like so yeah. much joy and laughter with like Christ. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I think that would also be my favorite part because it also reminds me of togetherness. It's like t- a couple of different people and they're all together and it's kind of like family and friends.
3: How uh Jesus just was born, how um Mary she knew that he was gonna be a king, but when he like was born a lot of he was just a small baby and it took a lot of faith for people to realize and think he's our savior and uh, the Messiah, so
4: I wonder if you have a least favorite part of the
5: story. Where uh, <laughs> where the shepherds watch over their robot? And he was the king and he wants to take Jesus, but he does not become the king. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh-huh. Do they get him? Nope. Nope. It ends like when like Jesus is born, but it doesn't say like when like King Harold, like sent people to go find Joseph and Mary and then they had
5: to like travel away from Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like when Jesus was young. Like in the star of that movie yeah. that we watched, it was like there was like a king and stuff. It's not really I don't like it, but I've sort of mad at the people when, when they couldn't stay in the hotel.
6: How do you think this Christmas will be uh, different than uh, other Christmases?
3: The thing for me is that probably different for me is that usually my Uncle Chris would come over for Christmas, but because of coronavirus he doesn't wanna fly and it taking him two days to get here. So we came over a couple weeks ago and we did all the stuff we usually do and um yeah. And now we won't see him on Christmas,
0: but we'll FaceTime him.
4: I don't think we'll go outside
5: because um if you go outside because of COVID and neighbors are out there you might want to stay inside because it gets very cold on Christmas. This year we get to celebrate it with the fishies. Fish! Because last year I got a space set instead of a fire set.
6: Okay <laughs> back to the Legos. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right. Well I know
3: for sure me and my mom are going to take Bake cookies for Santa. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think Christmas might feel a little bit smaller, um, but I know I'll still have fun this year.
6: What are you hopeful for this Christmas, Carter?
2: Um, that the Zoom servers don't crash. <laughs>
6: <laughs> good word, <laughs> that's good.
5: Maybe to have a good Christmas.
6: Oh, to have a good
3: Christmas, yeah. I'm not really into using sets that much, but I really like to build them, so I'm hoping for big ones. If we can be with, first of our
1: family, because this year we might have to do a
4: Zoom. What are you most excited for for Christmas? Steve's
5: family making snowmen.
3: I'm really hopeful that, um, that the virus will start to decline in numbers and that we'll start to see more like extended family and just be able to go out without having to wear masks and that's kind of my hope for for it. a puppy?
2: A puppy? Get out. What kind of puppy? I don't know. Just a puppy? What would you name your puppy?
0: Rose.
5: I asked. I asked for a lightsaber.
4: You asked for a lightsaber?
5: A hoverboard? No, so,
4: um, How about you, Arya?
5: American Girl Doll.
4: American Girl Doll? Snow, mostly. Snow. So, Abby you to be able to, well, have your dog to be able to jump around in the snow. Seeing my cousins at Grandma's house. Yeah. Does Grandma live near or far away? Far away. Be a He wants to be a man.
5: You want to be a man? I want Elsa clothes. I want Elsa costume. I want to be a
4: <laughs> Do you want to be a man like your dad? Yeah.
5: My bad
4: If you want to say Merry
6: Christmas to the community, I can be quiet and you can say Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> yes. Nah, okay, fair enough, fair enough.
1: closed, you take a tender step, arms stretched out before you, fingers feeling for any obvious obstruction. Slowly the other foot travels forth, and you blink, but it doesn't matter. The darkness is so thick you can hardly tell whether or not your eyelids are strained wide or squeezed shut. Arms down to the side, your wrist jams into the wall, and at the very same time, a pain pierces the arc of your foot. Yes, a Lego. Muffled and muted cries escape sharp as inhales as you back into the edge of the bed. And now your shin has fallen prey. This is what it's like to brave the darkness. To walk it cautiously, unaware of what lies before or beneath us. We walk the room or the year or the hour, trying to feel our way through, hoping our eyes will adjust, praying we make it obstruction free, chaos free, grief free, conflict free, until the pain comes suddenly and all at once. If only we had just a little bit of light to show us the way. If only there was light for our divisions and destructive ways. Light for our sin and our sincerely shallow love for one another. Light for all of our puffed up pride and ways in which we fight, protect, and hide. Light for the widow, orphan unborn, light for the single parent whose heart is torn between paying rent or buying bread, light for the stranger without a friend, light for the homeless who shiver now, light for the hungry whose stomachs loudly growl in desperation, light for the sick, light for the neighborhoods we dare not visit light for the policeman, pastor, nurse, light for all the helpers who themselves hurt, light for all the parents who are in a bind, light for the kids who long for recess time, for families oh so far away who we haven't seen in what feels like a million days, light for the prisoner and the thief. Light for the system that targets these. Light for generations of slavery sting for our current day injustices that persist while we gladly sing hallelujah. Light for the anxious hearts that we hold. The fear that we feel this bone chilling cold of emptiness. Light for our sadness. Light for our anger, our depression, our madness. Light when we just don't have it in us. Light for what we've now become. Is there one? Is he the one? The people then who walked in darkness. A switch was flipped. And blinding light shone hope and goodness. And finally pierced their seemingly never-ending night. Those who dwelt in a land of deep, deep darkness. On them. No, on us on you, on me, on we. Open your eyes now. We can finally breathe. For unto us this light, this light broke through.
2: And he shall be the light shining in the darkness he shall be your prince of peace oh he shall be the one who reigns forever he shall be your prince of peace oh, Prince of Peace
3: i
6: Hear these words from Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you, as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
0: I believe this was my junior year of high school, when I was required to take a tutoring class two days a week immediately after school. I may or may not have had to take geometry twice that year. The class was an opportunity for students to get some one-on-one time with teachers focused on a subject that needed a little extra attention. Uh, It was held in our cafeteria slash auditorium space. And one student each sat at a table scattered around the room. And typically a teacher would wander around from table to table checking up on students to answer any questions and to help clear up any confusion. Except for one teacher. I'm going to call this teacher Mrs. Fouts. Her real name was Mrs. Fouts. She chose to sit at a desk this big, hulking, heavy, wooden thing that was up on the stage at the farthest end of the room. So if a student had a question, you had to raise your hand and try to get Mrs. Fouts' attention. And then when she would gesture to you, you would come forward to her desk. And you had to walk the length of the entire room and then up the steps, onto the stage, across the stage, to get to her desk to ask your question. So one day, in class, a guy raised his hand and got Mrs. Fouts' attention. She gestured for him, but instead he said this, No, I have a question. How come all the other teachers walk around down here where we are, but you sit up there and make us come to you? And the whole room was silent. Everyone was holding his breath. And Mrs. Fouts, she kind of slowly shakes her head and sighs, and she says this. If I had to get up from my desk, every time one of you needed something from me, well, I'd be on my feet all day. You're young. You come to me. I don't share that story to villainize Mrs. Fouts or any other teacher for that matter. I feel like more than ever I understand and appreciate this posture. I share that story because I think that many of us have a conception of God that's kind of like Mrs. Fouts. We imagine that God is really busy. He's got a lot of people that he has to care for and help. And we have to work really hard to get his attention. And it's obviously an overwhelming responsibility that he has, and it would make sense that his posture would be like hers. No, you come to me. One of the central truths that we celebrate in this season and when we come to Christmas and that's emphasized in this Isaiah text that Carolyn read for us is that God in Jesus has come to us. That Jesus who was called the light of all people in the Gospel of John, that he has come into the darkness. The light has dawned in the land of of deep darkness. Isaiah tells us that the people, when they saw this great light, it is while they were in the darkness. And that's really, really good news, especially if you find yourself right now in a dark place, either of your own making or simply where you have ended up. Friends, the light can and will find you. Did you notice in Ashley's powerful words a couple of minutes ago, the range of situations and people that she mentioned? Every situation, the light has dawned. On all people, the light has dawned. It reminds me of that powerful question that David asks in the Psalms. Where can I go to flee from your presence? Mm. And then the verses go on to confirm that there is no place we can go that God's presence cannot reach us. And then David begins to talk about darkness and light. And he says this, surely the darkness will hide me. But no, even the darkness will not be dark to you, David says in Psalm 139. The night will shine like the day for the darkness is as light to you. Jesus, the light to everyone, the light of all people has come. And John's gospel confirms that the darkness has not, cannot, and will not overcome that light. Amen. So we celebrate this today and every Christmas. The God who is there for us all, as Rowan Williams has written, for the enemy and for the outcast and for all who are not just like me and who are not just like us. This Advent season might begin in the dark, but it doesn't remain there because the light pierces the darkness. The heart of this season, in the words of Fleming Rutledge, is the proclamation that God did not remain where he was Mm high above the misery of his creation. But God came down incognito into the midst of it. Thanks be to God.
1: Child, here's one observation that we all have in common and yet maybe we won't spend a lot of time, if any, thinking about. Every single one of us, yes, you and myself and Troy included, entered the world through the exact same process. Hmm. Now, some of us may have arrived early, like our little girl, Journey, who was nine weeks early and weighed only a couple of pounds or maybe we were fashionably late and still are from time to time. Perhaps some of us needed the additional assistance of doctors and nurses, or maybe our mothers never had time to make it to the hospital at all, and our fathers or a complete stranger delivered us. Whether it was drama-filled or completely textbook, there's a unique story to how we got here. But for around 40 weeks, all of us connected by cord to another's life supply, we grew. From a collection of tissue and cells to a mass of bone and nerves, to patiently enduring the cloaking of paper-thin skin that would one day protect us. We sprouted hair follicles and fingernails and we hiccuped and kicked inside a dark, fluid-filled womb. Delicate, vulnerable, reliant on a woman's life. All of us. Have you ever stopped to think about this mind-bending mystery then? That the Son of God the savior of the world. He didn't come to us in a flash of impressive lightning. He didn't dramatically descend from the sky like that one time Delwin and I were in New York City and saw Glinda, the good witch from the Broadway musical Wicked, float down from the rafters to save Dorothy's day. He didn't appear like a rabbit out of a hat, soliciting our oohs and ahs and how did he do that? He didn't position himself on the edge of Pride Rock, lifted high for a crowd to see like Simba in the hands of Rafiki. No, the Prince of Peace was wrapped in placenta. He chose from obedience to the Father and out of lavish, radically incomparable love for us to journey the slow, dark, uncomfortable road of growth in the womb just like every human being before him and like all who would come after him so if you're watching tonight and there's part of you that doubts whether this mighty messiah we're welcoming knows the discomfort of vulnerability and painstakingly slow growth that many if not all of us have encountered in the past weeks and months, the vulnerability of love, grief, anger, or uncontrollable joy when joy feels scandalous these days, not knowing what's coming next or if you're safe, growth through loss of control, waiting for answers, anticipating something new, or having to live with someone else calling the shots. For unto us, a vulnerable and slow-growing child is born. And the way he chose to enter this world may not make sense to us, but what comfort it brings to my heart, and I hope it brings comfort to us all, that the king we worship entered and walked this world in a way that didn't prioritize polish, perfection, and instant gratification. He came by subjecting himself to waiting in the miraculous concoction of biology in which we all find ourselves at the beginning. Let me ask you, deep down tonight, is there a vulnerability that you're doubting he knows? Is there growth in you that seems to be happening in darkness and mess that maybe you can't make sense of right now. Or maybe you just want to proclaim it's taking too long. And you wonder if Jesus knows what that's like. The answer, thanks be to God, is yes. Yes, he knows. Receive these words from Hebrews 4, 15. We do not have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. For unto us this child is born. And in vulnerability, in darkness, in slow, intentional, and purposeful growth, he came ready to give us a life that in our most human of moments we can rely on forever.
0: Peace. There's a word at the start of Isaiah nine that I bet most of us would be surprised to find. See if you can listen and spot the unusual word. Verse one begins like this, "'Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Did you hear an unusual word? Gloom? That's in the Bible. It seems like the kind of word you'd be more likely to find in a Harry Potter book than the Old Testament, doesn't it? But what Isaiah is doing here is he's setting a scene. He's setting up a scene of dis-ease and brokenness, but he's also setting up a scene of promise. And it's a promise for peace. This child will usher in a brand new reality, a reality defined by a new kingdom. And in verse 7, it says, a peace that will never end. Mm. It's a time when the yokes placed upon the people will be broken when the burdens will be lifted. It's a promise that calls to mind an invitation that Jesus as an adult will eventually make to his people. In Matthew 11, come to me, all of you who are burdened and who are weary and I will give you rest. And then he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is also a time when even the elements of war, when boots and garments, they will be transformed for the good of all people. They'll be fuel for a fire. And this promise echoes this earlier spot in Isaiah in chapter 2 when we find that the disputes of the people, that they're finally going to be settled by God, the true and the wise judge. And so they're not going to need things like swords and spears anymore. And so they will be reshaped into tools that are good for all people. Into plows and into pruning hooks. And these are all images of this peace that will come to rule and define the world. Doesn't this sound amazing? And do you, like me, find yourself feeling a little impatient for peace? Wondering, as Ashley just said, why is it taking so long? Do you find yourself getting emotional when you watch Charlie Brown Christmas and Linus is retelling the Christmas story and he moves to that final line? And on earth, peace and goodwill toward man. For those of you who are crying out, How long, O Lord? be comforted by these words in Second Peter chapter 3. The Lord is not slow.
5: Mm.
0: He is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness. In Isaiah, he goes to confirm this even more right at the very end of verse 7. And it says, The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this the peace that we all long for, though already ushered in by this child, it will one day eventually be fully realized and the Lord will do it. It's not ultimately up to us Mm. to make peace happen. It is a gift. It's a gift to us from our good and generous God. That angel greeting that Linus tells us about the one that pronounces peace and goodwill to all humanity. Notice this, that the angels begin their greeting with worship. Glory to God in the highest heaven, they say. I love the way that the Jesus Storybook Bible tells this story. It says that the angels encourage everyone to give all of their hoorays. We don't make peace happen. We don't make peace be actualized in our world. No, we simply worship the one who promises and who embodies that peace. The one who takes away the gloom of the world. Because we understand worship to be a pathway to encountering the Prince of Peace. Because Jesus, as Rowan Williams reminds us, he wants our hearts our hearts that will and can rejoice gratuitously and beautifully in all that he has done, in all that he will do, in all that he is currently already doing. And so we turn now to worship together. And as an embodied expression of our worship, we light candles during this season. So in these next couple of minutes, Jamie and our kids' ministry is going to lead us in this practice. So for those of you who grabbed the Christmas Eve in the box, this would be a time for you to take those candles. And as we get to lighting the Christ candle, consider lighting those candles with us. Take heart, friends and family of Marso Bible Church, of the increase of, of Jesus's government and of his peace, there will be no end. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Thanks be to God.
4: A candle is burning, a flame of hope, warm and bright in the darkest of night. Our hearts are now hopeful, for Jesus is near. A candle is burning, a flame of peace, a beacon to signal that Jesus is coming to show us the way and bring with him abundant peace. A candle is burning, a flame of joy, a warm glow to welcome brave Mary's new baby boy. God's promise of joy to an expectant world. A candle is burning, a flame of love, strong and sure. God's love will endure forever. Deep love like the ocean, steady as the tide. Great love, which comes to us with open arms wide. A candle is burning, For Jesus Christ has arrived. The fullness of God dwells in this one precious child. A child is born who has good news to share. The light of the world has come. Come to you and come to me. And now let's pray these words together. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus as a gift to us. We know that you love us and we are so thankful that you teach us how to love others. Help us to remember that the greatest gift we get this and every Christmas is Jesus. Amen. Merry Christmas, Mars Hill. We love you and we miss you. Grace and peace.
2: We feel joyful in the room right now. There's a great energy amongst a little more than a handful of us. And uh, we want to end tonight, or the second to last thing that we'll do tonight, we want to sing about joy. So if you're not already standing, I want to invite you to stand up from your couch, even if you got your comfy Christmas PJs and a cookie in hand, and let's sing this Christmas classic, Joy to the World. Here we go.
5: Two, one, two
2: Come on, joy to the world. Joy to the world. See you.
5: Merry Christmas Marcel Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Marcel Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Marcel Kill da the-
1: Family, thank you so much Mm. for joining us tonight. We miss you. Mm. And as we ready ourselves to wind down from the day and wake up to the joy and hope of Christmas morning, wherever you are, if you're willing and able, would you open your hands to receive this blessing inspired by the book of Titus? May you be comforted by the truth that the grace of God has appeared in Christ's coming, bringing salvation for all people. May you continue to hold on to this blessed hope of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to redeem us from brokenness and affliction. May you rejoice with all of heaven and earth in the birth of this child. The answer to every question we'll ask, the reason why we sing, the object of our worship. And may the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, Marcel.
5: Merry Christmas.